Welcome back, everybody. Episode three of Moto Therapy. My name's Jason Cole. I'm Bo Winter. Welcome back with us. And man, what a weekend we have to talk about. I mean, come on. This was an exciting weekend of racing. We saw things we've never seen before. We did see some things we've seen a lot, unfortunately, but I mean, let's jump right into it, Bo. Uh, Moto three race. Yeah. What just happened? Yeah, I, you're absolutely right, Jason. I mean, if you if you're not a racing fan, first of all, I don't know why you're listening to us here. But if you if you're not listening to racing, or you're not watching racing, go back and watch this weekend in all three classes. You're really going to be treated uh, to something. But no, absolutely. Um, Moto three. We saw <laughs> a ton of pit row starts and <laughs> seven of them right we, yeah and and we saw one of those pit row starts come and win the race and, and i mean to go from the to start from the pit lane and and to win the race that's phenomenal i mean this kid i mean pedro costa he's here uh, oh my goodness he is here oh and he goodness. means business what and he's special talent poised he, you know purposeful everything that he did was just lap after lap and, and and reeling those guys in until he was in the pack and then he moved effortlessly through the pack didn't get excited just st- kept his tires the entire i don't understand i don't know how he did it uh, i mean it was a fantastic race by this kid at what point did you think he actually had a chance to even be on the podium much less win the race i mean what lap were you on you know i really i really couldn't tell you i watched the gap coming down and uh you know, my wife made a comment because we were watching together, and she said, "Well, you know, he's closing the gap, but is he closing the gap, or is the is the trail end of that lead pack starting to fall off?" And with the more that we paid attention, we saw that that lead pack really wasn't getting spaced out. You know, they had you know one or two stragglers, but once Acosta caught that that person, he kind of passed them, and then they all you know pulled back up and they accordion back up as as they're moving through. But uh, I mean, he he almost came out of nowhere, you know, and and in, in the last few laps and watching him him come through was just uh, you know we didn't see anything that was uh, that was overly aggressive like we did from other riders uh, especially you know possibly his teammate uh, you know um mm-hmm. and it was uh, the kid just it just looked good i mean th- there's no way about it yeah. the kid just looked really good as he as he raced yeah. this week and it was a really mature race for a 16 uh, year old i think he's 16 or uh, he is 16 so, and this is the first year he was eligible to be in the class and he is dominating it already. That's that's really impressive. I so I'm with you. I saw on the second or third lap, I saw him close the gap to the last place or the last rider in front of them uh, to about point nine or by point nine, and I thought, hmm, that that's a lot. But there were a couple of laps where he cut the gap by over two seconds. Like, he was just on another level, and how he kept his tires. I, I think that he had the benefit of not fighting with the top guys and having to make crazy passes. Just being able to be smooth and run your line, is, there's a lot to be said for tire conservation there. So even though he was faster, he may, he wasn't, he's obviously not stressing the tire like uh, the guys in the pack. So... I mean, there's really no other way to describe what we saw than history-making, uh, phenomenal, amazing. I mean, pick your adjective, right? I mean, th- this was something 
I didn't know that I would ever see. I saw Brad Bender come from back on the last place on the grid and do it, and I thought that was something. But to basically be nine seconds behind the final rider and to come win the race, that is, that's mind-blowing to me. Um, so all credit to Pedro Acosta. I am super excited to see what this kid is going to do in the next year or two uh, as he matures and moves up through the ranks. I mean, what a ride. I, at the same time, I don't want to take anything away from Darren Bender, who I thought rode a really, really good race. If not for Pedro Acosta, Darren Bender wins this race. Um, you know, uh, he, he was my pick to win it, and he almost did it. He, he was .039 behind. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, he wasn't yeah. far. So he, he really, what a nice job riding the bike, staying up. Two races in a row, we've seen Darren Bender finish well and stay on the bike. And that's a big deal for Darren Bender, and I'm really happy to see that. What, what are you thinking? Uh, no, absolutely. The moves that we're seeing coming out, there, out of Darren Bender now, they're, they're still, they still have that Darren Bender um, aggression to it, but it's a controlled aggression, and it's a, it's a very it seems to be there, there's a lot more judgment behind those decisions now and a lot more maturity behind when he's going to make those passes. Uh, you know, he was even punted wide uh, in turn one. I can't remember how many laps were left, but, you know, when I saw I saw him go wide, he got stood up, and I thought, well, this is over. You know, he's not going to be – he's not going to be able to get up through through that. But at the, by the end of that lap, he had gone from – I think he got punted down to eighth, ninth somewhere, maybe even – maybe further than that. He was already back up into second or third. Yeah. So, so yeah. you know, he, he definitely knows where he needs to be, and he knows how to get there. You know, yeah, and especially at absolutely. Qatar, he, he, was, he looked really strong in, in sectors two and three, I think. And, and that was really where you saw that, that from Darren Bender make those moves, know where he could pass, know where he could be strong in the breaks, know where he had the corner speed. And he exploited those benefits to him, but at the same time, he did seem patient, you know, in a lot of other the moves that he made. I think Darren Bender likes to lead races, though. You know, we saw him whenever he gets shuffled back just a little bit, he, he wants to get right back up in front. So I think mm -hmm. that's that's one of Darren Bender's traits is he wants to control the pace. He wants to get out front. He wants to, to, to set the pace. He doesn't want to see anybody in front of him. And I think that that's going to – I think that I'm hoping that would help him out in classes to come. Um, I think that that will be a strength that he'll be able to learn from riders that are that may be quicker than him now, um, but he he will definitely sponge from those guys. I definitely, I just think there's a lot of talent. I'm a Darren Bender fan, definitely a big yeah, fan. Yeah, I am too. I, I like his style. It's aggressive. It's fun to watch. You know, unfortunately, he fell a lot the last few years, and we all, you know, I, I told my wife it's like a drinking game. You take a shot every time Darren Bender finishes a lap. You know, it's mm -hmm. it's tough. But he, in the last, uh, the second half of last year and then this year so far, really good. I, you know, all credit also goes to Antonelli, um, finishing on the podium. Great job. I mean, I, I didn't really, I didn't really know if I saw him as a contender this year, but I think, I think he's on a bike he likes. I think he's uh, in a good team and, uh, we'll see what happens. But, you know, all the way down to, you know, Izan Guevara, if if not for Pedro Acosta, Izan Guevara has has ridden incredibly well. Uh, he's he's top ten both of the first two races he's had in Moto Three. Also a young man who, you know, like I said, if if he 
if not for Pedro Acosta, I think he's the rookie we're talking about. Um, he's battling with those guys. You know, he finished in sixth. Kaito Toba ran an, a good race. I, I thought he was really aggressive, Toba. Yeah. Uh, I, I was surprised he was so aggressive. That's not normal for him. I think Toba is uh, – well, he's won here before, right? He won the 2019, I think, GP here. Yeah, and, and So he – he, he definitely – I feel like he's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, especially when he sees a um, a factory KTM bike coming in front of him. Uh, you know, he, he was teammates – I think he was on the uh, – he was in the fa- he was in the KTM garage last year, I think, with Aki Io, right? And then he got moved to the mm-hmm. satellite team. That's right. That's right. So I think that there's definitely a, a chip there that he wants to – he wants to prove something. He feels like he's got to prove something. And, and, and I think that he does to some extent because Toba's not had a whole lot of, of, of luck in the past few races, the past, past few no. GPs. You know, we always seem somewhat towards the front uh, or, you know, mid-pack, and then, and then something happens and he goes down. And, and he's well, got yeah. – yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's had some bad luck, let's be honest, but he's also made some mistakes and uh, – you know, he finished fifth, though, so a top five for Toba, that's positive. Yeah, uh, I think absolutely. That's where he's headed in the right direction. Uh, Ayuma Sasaki in seventh, rode a pretty good race, red, led the race for a few laps. And then, you know, uh, Ryusei Yamanaka, I love his name, by the way, because it makes me think of Street Fighter, Ryusei. <laughs> uh, but I, I think, you know, I think, man, rookies, 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 right? I mean, there's some rookies in this class that are just showing out and man i'm i'm intrigued moto three intrigues me this year it's not just fun to watch like it's almost must see for me and i again i i got i got busy at home and couldn't watch the race live and everybody i saw people just going crazy epic race epic race and i just turned my phone off because i was like no spoilers i want to see what happens um yeah and i was worth it it was i'm glad i i'm glad i waited but golly yeah, it was such a good race. I'm not going to miss any more, though. I'm not. I'm going to whatever I'm doing. I'll have to stop. It'll just have to be there. So you mentioned the moment that Darren Bender kind of got punted out, um, and unfortunately, our man got caught up in it again. <laughs> McPhee, I can't. You can't man, make this stuff up, no, man. No, I, I feel this so. Dude. <laughs> Do we want to go that? Do we want to go there yet? Do, I mean, do, do do we want to get there just yet? Because we've also got to talk about Jaume Massey in the in the last lap well, issues. So okay, Jaume yeah. Massey. Uh, yeah. All right. So I yeah. So let's hold on McPhee because I got a lot to say. We'll put a pin but, in that. Yeah. 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 But Massey, uh, I have to say it was a disappointment in ninth. I do. I I think. I think Masia has got to stop the red mist. I, I don't know what he was doing in a couple of those moves and why he thought that was going to be okay. Um, You're absolutely was, lo- right. spot I, on. Uh, that, that's right. what and I was I, Yeah, sorry. Uh, go ahead. I'm, no, no, no. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm confused. Masia gets me a little bit fired up because the talent is there. And we see it. We've seen it now for two, almost three years. This is the third year I've paid attention to Masia. He can't get out of his own way. That's the way I feel about Masia. I, I just, come on, man, stop it! You stop making these crazy moves that have a one in a one hundred chance of working. You're faster than them, then then be a smarter rider. I mean, Pedro Acosta just showed you how to do it. He's sixteen. 
Absolutely. I mean, it, and come we, on. We saw that move in turn nine, and that's oh. you know what caught him and, and Rodrigo. And and to be honest with you, the, he's they're both very lucky that they finished the race. I it, agree. It, it looked like you know that bike was down. Uh, he was. Mm-hmm. It was some. They were keeping each other up at that point. Yep. It, you know, and they were locked together. And then finally, they, you know, Rodrigo stood the bike up and and got off oh. and. Right, you there's know, rubber it, on Rodrigo's leather. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah rubber and on I, it. yeah, I saw it. Yeah. Absolutely, and Rodrigo's another passionate rider. We've seen that out of you know he's got yeah. that Brazilian passion to him and and that emotion. But no, the Jalma Masia that we saw Sunday was the Jalma Masia from last year and the year before. It was, it, it it was, was. an emotional, uncontrolled uh, Jalma that just that did not make a good make good decisions. He saw, it was a desperate Masia that wanted yeah, to I, win the race. And it yep. sucks it's when you see look. he see it's he saw his pet his teammate pass him, his teammate mm-hmm. had the pace. You know, at that point, you've got to make a decision. You know, and he still made it in ninth, which, like you said, it's that's not a disaster. Yeah, it's, not a disaster. It, it's a long season, but at the same time, that ninth could have been what a, a, a second, third, Easily possibly a, a fourth. Yeah, and so he had the pace to be on the podium. Just get out of your own way, Bella. Just absolutely, get out of your own way. Hey, but you know, I, I'm glad you made me talk about Masia because intent was Romano Fanati, who also started in pit lane. So a great ride from him, a great ride. I mean, from pit lane to tenth, I think anybody would have taken that, and I, a great ride from him. Absolutely, um, all those guys that uh, that started in the pit lane, you know, they they hooked onto the back of Pedro Costa, and they, I think they're all thinking, yeah. okay, this kid's moving, let's try to stick with yeah. him. And they and he, barely passed him. I think he made a mistake. Is the only time Fanati passed him, and he pulled him right he, in he there. He went yeah. wide, yeah, and he and then he went right back around Fanati, and they stayed right there. It, until they got to that pack, there was only one time that I can remember that they changed places between Fanati and Acosta, and that's just. That's racecraft. That's smart. Work together. Let's try to make it so we all can score some points. Great. Um, but I, I'm. Uh, can I talk about McPhee now? Let's talk about John. It. We've uh, got to. Uh, it, it's the icing on the cake for this weekend. Oh we gosh, have to go I, there. Okay. So there's a couple of things I want to say. One is that it was obviously again not John McPhee's fault, right? I right. Mean, it just wasn't. And. I, that bike hit him in the head. Now, we all know that Alcoba didn't mean to do that. Well, of course. However, what was he trying to do? Like where where did you where in his brain did he think I can get this bike in here? So yeah, like, well, I, I, so we've seen him go into that turn into turn 1, 5, 6, 7 wide in Moto 3 the entire race. It was crazy. just it was a that's crowded crazy. turn 1. It was a very crowded turn 1. And Everyone has tipped in, you know, relatively around the same the same area and where they're going in, and that, that's probably not the first time that Alcoba has seen Bender cross track or anyone, any rider for that matter, cross track, get in the braking zone, and then tip the bike in so they have their best mm-hmm. line coming through turn one. Now, right. why, you know, like you're saying, it's like Alcoba just didn't tip in, or he wasn't ready for that that tip in, or maybe he got sucked in a little bit too deep into the draft, and he did, and he missed right. his brake marker. Whatever happened, that bike, poor John McPhee's head. I don't know how how I would react if I got tagged in the back of the head with a motorcycle. Um, I know, I do. I come just like John McPhee with a tire <laughs> kick. You know, you just <laughs> that was that might have been the worst kick I've ever seen. I honestly. I yeah, I watch a lot of UFC, so I was like, if that I don't know if that was a low kick or 
Uh, I don't know what that was, but you can't do it. But I totally get it. I t- John yeah, McPhee I has just had the worst luck, and I think I think you mentioned fault. it. I, I, right, exactly. I think you've mentioned it before. He's almost like the the uh, Danny Pedroza of Moto Three. Oh my goodness, man! Everybody needs to leave John McPhee alone. Like at this point, John McPhee is just. He's just like a dead man walking out there because one of these Muppets is going to run into him. <laughs> you know, it's just like, oh, my gosh. If, if this was – and, again, I realize that people make their own mistakes, but I, I cannot remember a ton. I can remember a couple of falls that were John McVie's fault, but the amount of times that he's been hit and taken out by another rider, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. It's just it's, – I don't know. I just feel bad for the kid and – or he's not a kid; he's older. So I feel bad for the guy, and you know, he, I, I, I honestly don't think he's got. He's too far back already, I think, to win the championship this year, unless something goes crazy and he wins almost every race. Um, because you know, forty points is a lot if yeah. the other guys are finishing races, right? So Absolutely. we just have to see. It's a long season, McPhee, but. It, I think he can. He still has a lot to work for. You know, finishing up on the podium is good, and winning some races. I, I'm rooting for you, John. I really am because that was, that was just a. I don't know what that was. That was garbage. I just thought that was a that was garbage riding, at the professional level. That's to me. That's something that would happen on a track day. Yeah, honestly, uh, you know, that's it's just garbage. So, you know, that's my thoughts on Moto Three. I think we. I think we're seeing some guys that are really kind of riding really ragged in Moto3, and it's already competitive enough, and the raggedness makes it a little bit dangerous. Right. Um, We've got riders. is one of them. Absolutely. Dennis on Chu. When was the last time Dennis on Chu finished a race? Uh, Yeah. What is happening with that kid? Like, what is his mind? Like, he's just not there. Like, he looked like his brother and he came in. I thought, man, these brothers are going to make it. Uh, I thought they were going to be really good. Um, and Dennis looked good his first few races, racing up at the front. And then lately, all I hear about from Dennis is pushing somebody wide or making some crazy move. And, 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 and yeah. And it, getting admonished by his team boss. That's oh, yeah. Bad. Hervé Pontrol was, was not happy with him at all and had no. a you know a fairly stern talking to with him. But, you know, immediately. How could you be? That's your employer, absolutely. That's your employer. You know, that's that's Dennis's job, and I understand he's young, you know, and he's still understanding what he's doing. But at the end of the day, you can't. You're not going to go from 18th to the the checkered flag. No. In first place. Not, no, not you, unless you're Pedro Acosta. Right. Exactly. So you <laughs> you have to kind of you've got to pace yourself and realize and work on what you need to work on. Figure out where your where your your downfalls are. And really develop a game plan with your team boss to figure out, okay, what can I do to improve this? Um, you know, we saw the same thing, not to jump classes, but we saw the same thing with Iker Lekawono and MotoGP, you know, with Tech yeah, 3. Yeah. They told him, you've yeah. got to see the checkered flag. So, yep. but like I said, yeah. not to not to sidebar into MotoGP. We're still talking no, no, Moto3, no. but, um, yeah. you know, right. my team, I, I, I really want to see John McPhee um, get back in the fight, even if he can't. Even if he can't be on top this year, I want to yeah. see him win a few races. I want to see him and Darren work together and, and be good teammates to one another. Because uh, right now, honestly, and all uh, that's my favorite team. It, you know, I really like Darren Bender. Okay. I really like John McPhee. 
Yeah. I'm a fan of the Moto Two or the, excuse me, the Moto Three uh, Patronus team right now. Those are the guys mm-hmm. that I'm really pulling for. Cool. Well, I, I I agree with you. I think both of those guys are good guys. I think McPhee probably apologized for throwing that vicious tiger kick, um, <laughs> but um, I don't think that kick would hurt anybody like at all. Well, you know our leathers are really restricting, so yeah, you know, we yeah, can't get our legs yeah. up that high. And let's just say that, right? I but I'm glad he chose motorcycle racing over. MMA. MMA, yeah, just, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I, I think for me that kind of wraps up Moto3. I, it was an epic, epic race. I It was one of the best races I've seen in a long time when you add the element of the spectacular, like you said, five, six, seven wide into turn one. The the fact that he won from, uh, Pedro won from pit lane. The, it was just close racing all day long. They were going after it, and uh, hopefully we'll have more of the same all year. Absolutely. So, we ready to jump into Moto2 now? Moto2. Moto2. Let's do it. Well, yeah, so we were right. The only person that can beat Sam Lowe's is Sam Lowe. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You were were spot on there. Remy Gardner ran. That last lap was unbelievable. But Sam Lowe's ran a more unbelievable lap. Absolutely. It was just great. Like, that is the racing that I crave to see when I daydream about racing, that's what happens. That is it. That's unreal. I love Remy Gardner this year. I, I mm-hmm. love Remy Gardner this year. Not to say that I didn't last year, because we really saw something special in Portimao last year. But this year, oh yeah, Remy Gardner. At least this, the the Doha race was it, it was so mature from Remy Gardner. He, he had the pace. He he was patient. He watched where Sam Lowe's was quick. He wa- he knew where he was quick. He waited. He, he stayed behind Lowe's. Mm-hmm. And not to say I don't think that he could have passed Lowe's and ran away with it. I mean, obviously, they they both had some in the tank, you know. Um, I do think it would have been a closer race, but I think Remy Gardner lost the rear just a little bit on the rear, on the exit of turn 16 on the last lap. And I think when he lost that and he saw the bike twitch just a little bit, that that broke Mm -hmm. my heart because I knew that Remy Gardner was going to be able to win that race. Um, but, But no, Remy Gardner and Sam Lowe's, both fantastic race not to take anything away from sam sam it, sam controlled that bike early in the race. it did not look good like no it didn't was moving all over the place on him that guy that i was just kept waiting on the tires to go you know what i mean like i just kept waiting on the impending doom when you see the bike move around like that you're like okay how long can he go there's a long way to go he's got five laps no he's still good okay five more laps no he's still good and then it got better that last it, lap it, yeah to put that last lap in that is a that is an unbelievable effort. That's a ton of uh, self-confidence and trust in your machine. Um, really, really focused and uh, um, riding. Like I, his 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 focus was he was there. I mean, he stayed focused the entire race. That's that's just unbelievable to me that he was able to pull that off. It, it like with that it, bike moving like it was. And to know that and to see on his pit board, you know, Remy. Plus zero, plus zero, plus zero. Yeah, every lap. The entire race, and still not make a mental error. Yeah, absolutely. To your point, it's just he's a phenomenal rider, phenomenal pilot on a machine, and and he he controlled that race from start to finish. Absolutely. Yeah. So I want to congratulate Ralph Fernandez. Uh, What a rookie we have in Moto2. I mean, just uh, out of the box, what a great rider. Oh, he had a, um, and that was that was such a good race for him to sit there and to watch Remy Gardner, to watch Sam Lowe's, mm-hmm. to be there the entire race. It, you know, it, we know that uh, you know 
Qatar's not a good track for Betseki, but we saw him also drop Betseki but behind mm-hmm. him and, and he stuck yeah. in with with About Gardner. 3.4 seconds or something like that. Yeah, 3-3, yeah, three, three, yeah. The um and that just fantastic excuse me i'm sorry yeah about 3.4 seconds go back to Betseki. yes you're correct so to watch them i know (laughs) to just to watch to know what he's learned from that race and to to step into the next races whenever we come back into europe i think he's going to be special in moto too i think he's him and rendy remy i would like to see them work together and be a strong team together and i think that we kind of saw that you know a little bit there on sunday night um, just by the way that Raul didn't want to to, mm-hmm. to mess anything up with his teammate, it, it, there was there's yeah. it was pretty respectful, I think. Yeah, no, he he obviously didn't have the pace and he didn't try to hold Remy up, and I think that's a that's that's tough to do as a competitor, but it's also the right thing to do when it's your teammate and he has a chance to win. You don't want to lose to your teammate. They're always like, oh, you want to, but your team boss will respect you because he finished three point one three almost 3.2 seconds behind those guys so he obviously couldn't keep up but you know it wasn't he just made the right decision hey Absolutely, i can't keep yeah. up let's not try and do something silly make a pass let's not pull a jam you know a jam Masia. let's not you know let's not jeremy alcoba this thing into turn one let's let's finish the race let's get our podium and uh, we'll work from there and continue to improve because that will also improve the relationship with your teammate and your mechanics will respect that as well. So the more you finish highly, the harder they work for you and the better your team works around you. So that's a great recognition for him. Um, Bezeki is going to be a force in Europe. I know it. He uh, Absolutely, yes. He'll be there. He's got some. He's got some small things to work out, but he's finished fourth now. He's going to be fine. Um, the The problem is going to be Sam Lowe's. Can anybody? We'll see. Let's let Sam get to some of these European tracks where he's not has not been as strong throughout his career and see what he's got. A really good race to me, though, from uh, Ayagura. Absolutely, really and he was. I think he was even tossing back and forth with Joe Roberts for a bit, and and they were oh, they were kind was, of trading yeah. passes. So yeah, he definitely got a lot of experience back there with Joe Roberts and with the other guys in the field. Uh, before Joe Roberts inevitably had his his get off, but you know we've said it in Moto Three with rookies in Moto Two, we're singing the same tune. I mean rookies, rookies all over the place. We had three rookies in the top ten. We had Raul Fernandez, Ayagura, and then Celestino Vietti were all in the top ten in Moto Two in their second race. So definitely some special riders in Moto Two this year, and and I'm excited. Ayagura looks much better on a Moto Two bike than he, he does. does on a Moto Three bike. He, he fits the I, bike a bit yeah. better. Uh, and he's definitely he's obviously able to pilot the bike a little bit better. He's he's definitely stepped right. into this class with more authority than he really had in Moto Three. I kind of looked yeah. at him in Moto Three as the uh, he was somewhat meek with with small sure small sure. showings of aggression and small small yeah. showings of of that fantastic mm-hmm. and spectacular riding ability. But but I think with you know this race in particular on Sunday night. We're really seeing a matured Ayagura stepping into a a role that he can he can fill without you know sure. those those random acts of of right. spectacular races. Well, I I think he's on a competitive bike. I mean, his team is a good team. They've been around for a while. Idemitsu is is a solid team. I think you're right. He looks better on the six uh, the, the the seven six five than he did in Moto three. But here's the thing: that's and that in that strange how riders. You know, they just look better on certain bikes. And then I think um, 
tip of the cap to Itamitsu Honda Team Asia for giving him a shot. Yes. Because they could have easily chosen someone else. Um, but a fifth place for him in this race is really strong. I look for him to be a contender, you know, going forward and, and, and really staying in that top ten and fighting it out. Um, I want to give a shout-out to uh, the rookie also, Celestino Vietti, finishing seventh. Um Nice job, man. I mean, you know, that's a really good finish for your second race on a Moto2 bike. Um, VR46 was doing the right thing and moving him up. He's look, He looks like he's going to be a contender as well. Definitely. I was a bit skeptical um, when I'd heard that he was moving up simply because he, he seems like he's a, a smaller guy. You know, he's kind of that. He, he seems like he's got a smaller stature about him. Um, right. and, and seemed to fit a Moto3 bike a bit better. Uh, we saw a few wild card moves out of him in Moto3, but, uh, I mean, yeah. second race on a Moto2 bike, he's putting it, you know, in the top 10. Uh, like you said, mm-hmm. much, much credit goes to him and, and the adaptation to that bike and getting used to that Triumph 765 engine and the Calyx chassis. It's it's He's definitely moved into to a good area, I think, with VR46. I think he's going to be able to learn a ton from Betsecki uh, as they work together. Uh, I'm... I'm, I'm Definitely excited to see where he's going. And uh, how about Stefano Manzi? Stefano Manzi there, well, in the top I was going to say that. Yeah, I was going to say there's a Stefano Manzi sighting, everybody. I mean, this guy is obviously supremely talented. He just he just seems to disappear. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know why. Uh, he miss, Some of these guys are very particular on how the bike feels when they ride it, right? They can mm-hmm. do it at a high level when it feels the right way. But if it doesn't, then they're not. They just don't have it. Um, so he may be one of those people. And but all credit to him. I mean, he put that he put that bike on the uh, top ten and uh, ran a good race. He was solid the whole race. And I, I really thought you know that was a great finish for him. It's been a while, right? I, I don't remember the last time Manzi was in the top ten. Yeah, I think that's. I don't want to. I don't want to point any point a finger at manufacturers, but I think that that. We talked about it last week. The Calyx chassis is just a mm-hmm. – it's got something else. Um, you know, yeah, S- Stefano Manzi stepped off of the MV chassis and is straight into a Calyx, and, you know, he's doing better, looks to be ad- adapting to the bike. And then on the flip side, the person that took his bike is, is at the back of the pack yet again. Um, mm. So that there definitely must be noted that Calyx is doing something right, you know. But but to yeah. your point about a riders, riders in Moto2 class that when they've got it, they've got it, and when they don't, they don't. Jorge Navarro is definitely a good example of this. Uh, you know, another year on the Bosque Scura ch- chassis. Um, we've seen him at the front of races, but then uh, he he was one of the strong last year, and maybe even the end of the year before that. Middle to the end of the race, his pace was outstanding. He was a great, great racer on that second half of the race. He sometimes had a little trouble with the beginning, but man, that is just not the case this year. This guy's struggling. And that's kind of the, I don't know why. That's kind of the, the reputation that it seemed to me, at least that the speed up Bosco Sura chassis had last year is it was almost the Suzuki of the Moto2 class. It really Mm -hmm. kept after its tires, most of the race and was strong towards the end, but we would see, Navarro get stronger towards the end of the race and then we'd also see Gian Antonio get strong when he was with uh, speed up last year but then we'd see front end washes left and right you know yeah I, I don't know man I, I I wish I knew I wish I had more engineering technical capability because I would be really interested to know 
why that is. I mean, you've got if you if you look at Bosco score, their highest finisher was thirteenth. That's not that's not good. Which you know, was Jorge I mean, Navarro, yes. Yeah, exactly. correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, hey. I think Aaron Kinnett, to 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 Bosco scores credit. I th- want to say Aaron Kinnett was much higher before he crashed out. Yeah, but he didn't finish the race. So this yes, is true. This is true. Yeah. yeah but you got to finish it. You, you can't. Hey, what do they say? You can't win the race on the first lap, but you can lose it. Absolutely. And, and so you know, we found that. But I, I guess you know, obviously. Uh, I'm curious to see again with the rookie Tony Arbolino. I mean, he was he was a aggressive and a great a great competitor at Moto Three, and right now I think he's getting his sea legs. I think he's going to be okay with that Liquid Molly team. I think it's a good team. Um, we'll see. I, I've got high hopes for Tony Arbolino because he's not afraid to get his elbows out. He'll fight and uh, ask ask Albert Arenas about Tony Arbolino. Absolutely, <laughs> they had some battles last year, so. You know, I think those two guys coming in, they're starting to understand it. Uh, and, and uh, you know, beyond that in Moto2, the Americans punched me in the stomach. Now, Joe's was a completely self-inflicted and, and a mistake that really, I guess, can happen to anybody. Um, Cameron, he just, uh, I think he might have been pushing too hard trying to improve that finish from last week and you know because we don't see Cameron we've watched him race a lot he does not fall a ton yeah um, he, he really rides within his the not not his limitations but the bike's limitations I would say yeah. he definitely knows the limit well um, yeah. or he, he is at least on he the Yamaha yeah, he, yeah he, I think I could he tell went he over was... that a little bit he had the moment before he fell anyway that did you see that big moment that he had I did not um, oh my goodness so he oh well, you have to go see it. Like he, he had a huge moment before he crashed when he fell back some places, um, and you know. So, th- next time, guys, come on, let's let's put the flag, let's plant the flag somewhere. Let's not not in the gravel before the race <laughs> is over. That's not what I mean. I mean after the race. Let's do that. But yeah, a tough um, day for America. But yeah, uh, that's okay. We'll be back. We're tough. We're still we're your tough. fans, guys. We're not jumping ship. Yeah, absolutely. No, we're not jumping ship. We believe in you and. Uh, it's just tough, you know, for them too. I'm sure they are disappointed. So, as as disappointed as we were, they were more disappointed. Oh, absolutely. Um, but Joe Joe Roberts, you know, he did the interview. He admitted the mistake. Uh, it didn't didn't blame anybody else, and I respect that. So, you know, good good on him. And uh, Cameron's the same way. He knows it wasn't anybody's fault but his own. So, well, it'll be all right. Everything's gonna be fine. Oh yeah. Absolutely. So is that so going to take us into, you know, I'm looking, I really don't see much. Um, I think that we've, you I, know. Nicolo Bulaga finished a race, so I guess we could mention that. That's, I mean, that's, that's pretty good. I'm good with it, yeah. And, and no, actually, <laughs> I, I think more importantly than that, than Nicolo Bulaga finishing a race, some cat Chantra actually saw a checkered flag this time. Um, oh, so, that poor guy. Yeah, he struggled a little bit. So good for those two guys. All right. Yeah, Absolutely. Give him a round of applause. 